the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we will review the latest positive news from the British manufacturing sector and we will welcome another special guest, Findy Clark, Chief of Growth of Pioneering Electric Vehicle Manufacturer, Arrival. Featured on this week's show will be the likes of Airbus, SureScreen, Jaguar Land Rover and many, many more. My name is Joe Reynolds and this is normally where I bring in my co-host Stuart Whitehead. But before that, I'd just like to mention something. A big thank you. Each and every week we do this podcast. The amount of direct messages, text messages, emails, congratulating us on the show and the format is out of this world. Please keep spreading the word and many thanks. Well, then, Stuart, let's get on with the show. We've got some great news coming up this week. Airbus, t- tell us more about their new facility. Yeah, some great stories this week, Joe. So the new Aerospace Integrated Research and Test Center, AirTech, has been officially opened by Business Secretary and friend of the podcast, Kwasi Kwarteng. AirTech is a £40 million state-of-the-art research and testing facility jointly funded by the government's ATI program and Airbus. The centre is designed to undertake structural testing of large-scale aircraft assemblies from full-size wings down to individual components and materials using aircraft design. And alongside its suppliers, partners and academia, Airbus will use the facility to deliver the next generation of aircraft wing, landing gear systems and fuel system designs. Schmidt's Cargo Ball have announced plans for a new factory here in the UK. That the Europe's largest manufacturer of semi-trailers and they open up a new factory in Manchester. That's uh, that's fabulous news. Certainly is good inward investment story. Yeah, as you say, with an annual production of around forty-six thousand units, Schmidt's Cargo Ball is Europe's leading manufacturer of semi-trailers, trailers, and truck bodies. The German-owned firm is is opening a new factory in Withinshaw, Greater Manchester, to build customised vehicles for the UK and Irish operators. Production at the 7,500 square metre facility is scheduled to start this summer with a capacity of 50 units per week initially. And by the end of this year, the site will become the main base of Smith's Cargo Bulls UK's team. Yeah, and this next story, it, 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 it's a good one. I must admit, I know of the business. I had, had no idea how large a business was, but Sure Screen Diagnostics, they're, they're set to create a thousand jobs uh, after acquiring a new factory. You know, it's, I don't, the, the way we are with COVID, I don't see this business contracting anytime soon. No, rapid growth. The Derby based company plans a phased increase of its workforce up to 1,300 after moving into a new site at Sherwood Business Park. The expansion follows an order for tens of millions of antigen tests for COVID-19 from the UK government. And short screen tests were the first European test to pass the validation process by Public Health England, hence the huge order. The firm, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, has been at the front line in the fight against COVID-19 since the virus first emerged in late 2019. Its antibody and antigen tests have been exported to more than 50 countries around the world. Right then, Stuart, let's take a breath there as I'd like to introduce this week's guest. I'm pleased to introduce Finley Clark, Chief of Growth at Automotive Disruptors Arrival. Finley, a very warm welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Uh, To start with, can you tell our audience about yourself, your current role and your journey to date? Yeah, so starting kind of with my career, I've always been interested in new technologies and around about the turn of the century, I discovered the internet and got really involved with 
you know, helping businesses get found on the internet and uh, worked in digital marketing for a number of years and then find my way into Google. And that kind of led me to discovering much broader uh, insights into how Google as a company works. It was kind of still medium-sized business then, about 30,000 employees when I joined, but it scaled up. And towards my end of my time there at Google, I met the Waze team and Waze had been acquired by Google, but kind of left alone. And uh, I got the chance to start that business in the UK. And that gave me a real feel for working, uh, running my own startup effectively and building a brand and being at the cutting edge of technology. And that's what led me to Arrival because there was a really lovely interplay between software, technology, transportation, and how all of these changes were happening. And I it was kind of serendipitous, um, came across Arrival and it was the right timing. And uh, that's led me to where I am today. And my role currently at the company is to plan the strategy behind how we expand internationally. So the way we think about this is, as I'm sure we'll talk today about Arrival's got this decentralized approach. We can put micro factories in next to many different cities around the world. And there's a huge demand for us to go to countries and go to markets. And my team, what we do is we put the strategy behind that. So we are actively looking at all the available opportunities around the world and planning how we go and scale our company around the world. Yeah, fascinating. You know, it sounds like a, a very exciting role. If we can move on to Arrival, please, for the, for the few people that don't know who you are, can you just give us a short introduction to the company? Yeah, absolutely. So Arrival was founded in 2015 with the idea of redeveloping electric vehicles from the ground up. So no legacy, no ICE business to contend with to try and retrofit. It really was a blank sheet approach, trying and focusing on taking the best of other technologies and applying it to um, to vehicle production. And importantly, um, we've taken a vertically inter integrated approach. So we're not using the same tier one suppliers that everyone else is. We're actually developing the core components ourselves. And with that, we're designing the vehicles to be put together by robots and to be put together in low capex, low footprint micro factories. So as well as the sort of design of the vehicle to the manufacturing of the vehicle and also the services around the vehicle, which are all pinned together by Arrival software, um, this is the core competency of what we're trying to do at the moment, which is effectively we've got this skateboard chassis, which is unique to us, a composite top hat that can go on top. And we can create lots and lots of different pla um, vehicle platforms relatively simply using that same core technology that we've been building for six years. And that technology has been validated by many different people. We've obviously taken investment from the likes of Kia um, and Hyundai Group, from the likes of BlackRock. And we've also got the likes of UPS on board as a strategic customer who've obviously ordered 10,000 vans with the, the option for 10,000 more. So whilst it is a big year for arrival and we are about to get our first products on the roads, we have been working uh, for a long time on this technology. And it's been, as I said, validated by lots of different companies along the way and, and partners. Great summary and um, fascinating to hear about your personal background as well and career today, Finley. Thanks for that. You touched upon UPS and, and the Vant and the order and, and, the, and the relationship with, with them. Could you just give us an overview of the current and pending vehicles um, that are in arrival stable? Yeah, absolutely. So we're starting with a city bus, which is a 12-meter completely um, flat floor city bus, which will be being produced out of our first rock, uh, our first micro factory in Rock Hill, South Carolina. That that uh, we start production at the end of this year in Q4, and we'll have trials of that vehicle happening. Um, 
over the autumn. And obviously, we've got a, a, a lot of the, the, the bus that we're producing. This is the, the, the 12 meter single decker bus is, is actually the Pareto bus for the, the entire world. Although we're sitting here in the UK and we're big fans of double deckers, this vehicle, which we'll have in left hand drive or right hand drive, will be able to go all over the world very quickly. After that, will be working on the, the delivery van. So the first version of that will be the walk-in van, which has been specifically built with UPS and courier deliveries in mind from the ergonomics of drivers getting up and down 150 times a day through the cab. This is an amazing vehicle for anyone that's doing parcel deliveries. And we all know that since the pandemic, e-commerce and parcel deliveries are going through the roof. So, you know, this is a really welcome product. But we'll also have different variations of that products the standard cargo van or a panel van will come just after that so they will be producing vans in our micro factories in uh, bister in the uk and over in um, north carolina quite close to where we have our uh, u.s headquarters in charlotte so we will have um, buses to begin with at the end of this year vans next year and we've also announced that uh, from 2023 we're having a small car platform with the first application of that will be uh, for ride hailing and car sharing so the likes of uber and uh, companies like that and clearly we've we've announced that uber are the the, the customer that we're sort of in partnership with to uh, launch that product so exciting times but I, again i stress the fact that the real sort of benefit of arrival is because we're vertically integrated it, it is actually much quicker for us to be flexible into terms of vehicle platforms we develop and countries we go into because it is effectively all the the same technology across all of our uh, our vehicles no fantastic and we've got a couple of questions from our listeners one you've you've kind of touched on and referred to first one was time frame for new vehicle production and new factory openings i know you've uh, alluded to it in your previous answer but anything definitive that you could uh, add to, to, to that to answer that question so i think we've announced four micro factories today so Rock Hill, South Carolina to begin with, that will be producing buses. And for us, a bus factory is um, the maximum on two shifts is a thousand vehicles per annum. We, we anticipate that that will obviously be able to serve a large part of the, the US and um, overseas markets to begin with, but we will need more bus factories in time. But that's the first one we've announced. Uh, van factories, we've obviously got Bister, which will open uh, next year. And shortly after that, uh, we expect to have uh, vans coming out of our site in North Carolina, Q3 next year. And we've also announced that our last earnings call that we'll be producing vans in Madrid. So that will be our first European van plant. And uh, watch this space for announcements on uh, on orders for vans in Europe coming soon. Exciting times. And uh, final question for me and another uh, question submitted by a listener. Arrival invariably describes itself as a technology business rather than a manufacturing business. Any particular reason for that? Well, I think for the first part is that we see ourselves, and if you think about the mobile phone, I mean, all we all carry mobile phones together around in our pockets, and actually, they've all they're all metal and glass. The clever bits in the phones are actually the software, and actually, we think the same thing today about vehicle production. And if you think about it, because we've taken this vertically integrated approach, and we control all the components, the core components and the software which links them, we have got a much better visibility of everything that's going on in the vehicle. And as a result, out of the 90% of our, so we, we're about 1,900 employees uh, here at Arrival globally, and about 90% of them are engineers, of which half of those are software engineers. So I can't stress to you, I come from a software background where, you know, 
the, the idea of over-the-air updates is totally new. I mean, we used to ship a new version of Waze every three weeks. Think about it for vehicles. About 80% of vehicles today don't get over-the-air upgrades. They're not improving over time. So this is just one example where not only will we at Rival be able to improve software over time, but actually because of our components and the fact that they're Lego blocks, we will be able to actually upgrade hardware over time in the vehicles as well. So by doing all of that in-house, uh, from components, materials, to the advanced robotics that exist in our micro factories, we, we really do believe it's, it's, we're not, we couldn't just categorize us as another OEM. We've taken the full-scale approach, and it's much broader than just producing vehicles. Yeah, that, that, that's an unbelievable approach, to be honest with you. You've kind of you've torn up the rule book, haven't you? And you started from scratch, not just a new vehicle. Like it's literally a new concept, a new way of bringing a product to market. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm constantly talking to customers and, you know, I, I, we ask them, well, why do you use those vehicles that you're using today? And a lot of them say things like, well, that's because that's the only things that are on offer. You know, what if there was a better way? You know, we, we fundamentally believe that the commercial vehicle segment has been underserved for a long time. And if you look at the particularly the vans and buses on the roads today on our streets, they largely look the same as they did 30 years ago. So we really haven't you know, progressed in the same way that technology that we all use in our daily lives has progressed in such a huge way in those 30 years. We would argue that we know we can do better. And I think that's what we're trying to do. But we've realized that unless you control a large part of uh, of that value chain, you can't do it properly, and you can't give that you know elevated experience. So that's what we're trying to do. And clearly, um, you know, it's an exciting time. We've got uh, vehicles to ship uh, later this year, and trials to get underway. But it's it, you know we get a lot of positive feedback about the vision, and really about kind of the things that we work on and the the depth we're going to to think about all the audiences from our products from people that drive the buses, the people that have to clean them, to the people that have to sit in the control room and work out where they are and how much charge they've all got. Like All of these things, there's so much work being done to develop an elevated experience, which is really differentiated from what exists today. Fascinating. Another question that's coming from a listener, um, quite a straightforward one. When are we going to see the first vehicles on UK roads? So we'll be doing trials later this year. Um, and you'll be able to see. Um, so we're working with First Bus here in the UK. So there'll be some there'll be some buses uh, on the roads later this year, and there'll be some vans. Uh, again, we're obviously the UPS will be getting some trials later this year. Um, but it will be next year that you'll begin to you'll have a much better uh, chance of spotting one in the street. So yes, I know it's a little bit longer to wait, but uh, trust me, we're we're working hard, and you, you'll see these vehicles next year. Sure. And just a final one for me, Stuart's alluded to. We always get asked about the um, the microfactory idea and if, if it's what i think it is it make it makes a lot of sense making things locally to where they where they're going to serve um but what are the features and benefits of this do you go like obviously we know about tack times in the automotive sector and just in time deliveries and things like this is, is all that gone is is, is is it all brand new technology now so i think the, the key differentiator is is the fact that you know we're taking this decentralized approach so you know first of all you know, not one city or area gets all the economic benefits of having a huge plant that obviously employs thousands and thousands of people. But obviously, if that plant doesn't perform well and you shut it, then there's the whole risk to the community. We're doing it a different way. We are able to go into warehouses that were not even planned to be production facilities. And we can go in there in six to 12 months and set up, put the robots in and start producing. 
Equally, we would be employing local people, we'd be paying local taxes, and we expect that, you know, if you think about a micro factory being 10,000 vans, there's actually many, many cities that could support 10,000 vans in that one city alone, which obviously is better for the environment um, because you're not having to travel and transport things around so much. So, you know, I I think overall the the speed, the fact that it costs us much less, I mean, and and the the footprints, I mean, it's about 11 times smaller footprint um, and, and, you know, 2.2 reduced times reduced cost to actually set up these plants that we really have a vision that over time, you know, most cities around the world or major cities will be have will be able to have a micro factory producing a range of different vehicles for that city for the fleets and the and the, and the buses and all the, the the commercial vehicles in time that are required for that city and that's the most interesting thing because in my role where I look around the world you can see the needs of different markets are different and you know we talk about radical impact at, at arrival and and how do we create radical impact in that market what is it going to be the products or the services and that, that, that this that this community needs is going to accelerate the shift to zero emission uh, transportation and, and ultimately cleaner air. Yeah, and we've talked about Uber and and some other massive companies. What happens if I'm a, a you know a, a white van man driving around London? When when can I get my hands on one of these vans? Um, is it is it, can I order them online? Clearly not today, but is it going to be something I can order online or or is that a long way away? So I'm not able to divulge timings on when you'd be able to order a van today. Um, But let's just say that we know that people expect an elevated e-commerce experience now when they're dealing, when they're buying anything online, you know, whether it be a train ticket, a phone or a vehicle. So, you know, we expect to be have to have bleeding edge, um, you know, e-commerce operations that would be able for you if you wanted one or two vans. It's, um, It's worth saying that we're not starting with that. We're starting with the large fleets for the reason being that obviously we want to deploy large numbers of vehicles into the market and, and rather than try and have a, a really long tail of, of, uh, of sort of, uh, I guess, one man, one van type customers to begin with. But the, the ambition is absolutely there that we will be able to give um, to open up the arrival van uh, to anyone who, who needs one um, and also work with partners like leasing companies who can also help serve that market as well. Um, you know, rather than coming to us direct, but it, it, it will be it will be part of our plans. And absolutely, once we've got our vehicles out in the roads, we will be moving forward to try and increase the distribution mechanisms we have to get them into the hands of other customers. Finley, I have to say it's, it's an incredible business. You know, I have to say uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast. You know, it's it's great to listen to you. But just this little one from me, the uh, the flotation probably went as well as you could have expected. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, these. IPOs, uh, investment from partners, they're all good signs that you're making the right progress. And that, and that's what they are. But we, we're not sitting at arrival looking at the share price. What we're doing is all focused on execution, getting these trials underway, getting these vehicles out on the road. And realistically, if we do all those things right, the share price and all the rest of it will take care of itself. But we've got a lot of great stuff happening, more good news to announce soon. So please keep in touch with us on our social channels to hear what's coming down the line. But uh, yeah, uh, can't wait to reveal more in the future. Yeah, as I say, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your weekend and hopefully we'll we'll come and see you at one of your factories soon. We'd love to welcome you guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Cheers. Wow, Stuart, a fascinating interview there. I can't wait to learn more about Arrival and watch them grow.
Incredible company. It's been an absolute pleasure to track their growth over the last couple of years. And I think with MTD and Jefferson, we have broken quite a number of their stories and look forward to bringing more positive news from that company in the future, Joe. Speaking of positive news, uh, the MTD MFG app is available for iPhone or Android. It's available at all the usual stores. Please do go and download it. It's simply MTD MFG. And it's, uh, it doesn't take much finding. So let's move on to the, the next story. Mona Island Dairy, 20 million investment. That's a huge investment for an area which you wouldn't necessarily know for manufacturing. Absolutely. And uh, you, you can't have too much cheese, uh, Joe. So backed by a £3 million Welsh Government grant, the Mona Island Dairy factory is set to be the most sustainable modern facility of its type in Europe when it opens, running solely on renewable electricity. Welsh and continental cheeses will be made at the 25,000 square foot site, which will be capable of producing 7,000 tonnes of cheese a year, so plenty of cheese on toast. Due to be completed this September, the investment is expected to create around um, 100 jobs. Yeah, well, like you say, every week we have cheese on this podcast, Stuart, <laughs> so, this, so this week should be no different. But Suntory have announced a sixth million sustainability investment. Great news. Certainly is. So Japanese-owned food and beverage manufacturer Suntory is investing £6 million to support the recycling of its bottles with a revamp of its Lucasade brand packaging. Lucasade is produced at the company's Colford factory in, in Gloucestershire, alongside another perennial favourite, Ribena. The investment will ensure that the Lucasade sport bottle is only made from recycled plastic, saving well over 3,000 tonnes of virgin plastic produced annually. Alongside this, the bottle will be redesigned with a smaller label, reducing the vol- volume of plastic used previously, and ensuring that every bottle can be recycled back into another bottle. Yeah, and this next story, it's one, uh, one of the best on social media this week, uh, Cummings. They've got some news. Yeah, it's been incredibly popular. So American-owned engine and, pop- and power systems manufacturer Cummings has opened a new UK logistics centre, UKLC, its first cross-business operations hub at Apex Park in, in Daventry. Huge site, 435,000 square feet. And this consolidates the storage capacity previously shared across the firms and third-party warehouses under one roof. The hub will support the Indiana headquarter firms, UK manufacturing sites and aftermarket products. Yeah, and the next story, similar theme really, Jaguar Land Rover, they've selected Unipart to run their new uh, logistics centre. Yeah, as you say, certainly a theme developing here and another colossal site. Unipart Logistics has secured a five-year contract to run the new custom-built JLR Global Parts Logistics Centre, Appleby Magna in Leicestershire, which will open next year. Unipart Unipart has a strong track record with JLR, manages a number of operations for the car maker already, including the logistics at its new battery assembly centre at Hams Hall. The Leicestershire development will be JLR's global hub for sending aftermarket parts to customers in the UK and, and also 80 countries around the world. And the great thing is 1,200 people will be employed at the campus initially, but this will and should rise to around about 3,000 by the end of this decade. Incredible success story. So that's all we've got time for in terms of news this week. There's obviously a lot more on the website, Stuart. Uh, we don't get time to cover everything on the show, but it's been been another great week in the world of UK manufacturing. Absolutely. Half the world seems to be on holiday, Joe, but the positive news stories keep coming through. Um, please contact the site if you're recruiting, investing, exporting, building new factories. Please, please do contact uh, the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and if you want to appear on the podcast, please reach out to us at podcast at mtdmfg.com. Like I've already said, the app is available. Please do go and download it as exclusive content. So that brings an end to this week's show. A big thank you to Arrival, my co-host Stuart Whitehead. But most importantly, for you at home for listening, we'll see you next week.
to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore M.